Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. God, we thank you for this moment to be in this place together, to be tuned in on this broadcast together. Father, what a privilege it is to come together with brothers and sisters of this like precious faith and to give our attention and our honor to you, our God, our creator, and our savior. Father, today we celebrate your grace. Grace that's bigger than the grave, grace that's bigger than the issues we deal with, grace that's bigger than our sin. A grace that holds us, a grace that allows us to live in your love and in your mercy and in your freedom. And so Father, we thank you today for your grace, for who you are and for what you've done. God, this week as we um, look around our community and we see schools beginning, we want to just take a moment and pray for uh, teachers and administrators and school staff members, for students, for parents who are sending students to school, maybe even to college for the first time. God, we ask your sense of peace on all students and parents and faculty members this year. We ask for their safety. We ask for your strength, for your creativity as they teach and as they learn. God, would you be glorified in our students, in our schools, in our places of higher education. God, would you be glorified. We ask this today in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Hey, it's great to see you this morning. Once again, let me welcome you to Faith Christian. Uh, those of you who tune in online, those of you here in the room with us, if you uh, uh, are visiting with us, we want you to know that uh, we exist here at Faith Christian for one reason, and that is to help people find and follow Jesus. And we would love to take, uh, help you take your next step as a follower of Jesus. If there's any way we can, uh, can walk with you in that journey, please let us know how we can walk with you and help you find your next step as you follow Jesus. Uh, we uh, need to mention to you something kind of important you need to know about coming up in just a couple of weeks. Uh, we've, this summer, we've had a wonderful time. We've called it Summer Together. Uh, we've been learning back from the fruit, through the fruits of the Spirit. Now we're in this new series that we're wrapping the summer up with. But one of the things we've done, as you've noticed, uh, we have been meeting at 10 o'clock all summer long. And we want you to know that after today, that, that continues for two more Sundays. And uh, so two more Sundays of our summer together, which will be next Sunday, the last Sunday of the month of August, and then Labor Day weekend, uh, that's Sunday. Uh, and then following that, so the first Sunday after Labor Day weekend, which is uh, unfortunately an easy day to remember, is September the 11th. That Sunday, we will be back to two services. Two services on that Sunday on September 11th, 9 and 10.30. Uh, but the next two weeks, we'll still be meeting at 10 o'clock. So we can't wait to see you at 10 o'clock next week, and as, as well as on Labor Day weekend, and then the following Sunday, NFL kickoff weekend, kind of our church fall kickoff weekend as well. September 11th, two services, 9 and 10.30. Our junior and senior high youth group will begin, uh, re restart that night as well. So a lot of things happening. We'll talk more about that. We've got some fun things planned in September. We've got some fun things planned in October. Uh, we've got a big celebration, continuing of our celebration of our 25th anniversary coming up in November. So we got a busy and exciting fall here at Faith Christian. We want you to be a part of it, and we will talk more about that as the weeks come along. But I want you to get in your heads now. Uh, two more weeks at 10 o'clock, and then 9 and 10.30 beginning on September 11th. Well, this uh, yeah, uh, last Sunday, we, we began as kind of this uh, small series we're ending the summer with, going through uh, Labor Day weekend that we're calling Who Be? And the premise behind this series is that the Scripture says there are some things that you are. As you are a follower of Jesus, as you are a Christian, by, the Bible says you are some things. And it's easy for us to forget these things. As we look in the mirror, we're going, I ain't that. 
It's easy for us to listen to our friends and say, you ain't all that. It's easy for us to listen to our kids and say, oh, dad, you're so gross. Yeah, it's easy for us to forget who we are, but scripture says we are some things. And we're talking about four of these things that the Bible says that you are. Last week, if you were here, we began by saying that you are, scripture says you are an ambassador of Christ. That you are the highest ranking diplomat sent by the kingdom to a different place. And you, are a, you have a message, uh, a message from the king, a message to share with the world, and that you are an ambassador for Christ. And we say this because when we know who we are, we'll know what to do. That was kind of my premise for this whole series. That when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. So if I know that I'm an, an ambassador of Christ to the, from the kingdom of God to the world I live in, to Tuscarawas County, then I'll know what to do. If you know, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Will you just read this out loud with me one more time? We did this last week. I just want to make sure, I want to lock this into you. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Well, this morning, I need to talk about this thing that you are. And to get there, I need to just let me ask, have you ever been in a place where you just feel like it's just too much? Life is too much. People are too much. Kids are too much. The trial that I'm looking at, the, the circumstances of my life, the hardship that I'm facing, it's just too much. You ever felt that? Life is just happening too fast. It's just too much. There's an obstacle. There's an opponent. There's something that I can't overcome. It, it could be anything. It could be a schedule that's so challenging. School starts this week. We've got to start navigating, negotiating school, work, dance, ballet, volleyball, theater, all the things our kids do. It's just, a, it's just a challenge. Sometimes it just feels like it's too much. Or for you, it might be more of an ongoing thing. Maybe it's, it's, a, it's a weight issue, and you're constantly battling with your weight, or maybe you're battling with depression, and you think, I will never overcome that. I will never get past that obstacle, that, that, that thing I deal with. Or maybe it's someone's hurt, somebody hurt me. And I know I should forgive them, but, but I just can't. Not only can I not, I can't, I, I just don't want to. But you know what's there. So whatever it is, you're, if you're facing something that seems too big for you, something that seems too uh, insurmountable in your life, I've got good news for you today. The good news is that when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And the Bible says that with Christ, you are more than a conqueror. You are more than than a conqueror. Not you will be, but scripture indicates that right now, as a follower of Christ, with Christ, that is who, that is what you are. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do, and in Christ, you are more than a conqueror. Listen to Romans chapter 8. I think this is one of the most important chapters, theologically strong chapters in the entire Bible. Such an important chapter. Romans chapter 8. Listen to what some of these verses say, starting in verse 31. Paul writes this, what shall we say about such wonderful things as this? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Now, don't you love that? If God is on your side, who's going to stop you? If God is on your side, who's going to stop you? Verse 32, since he did not, even, uh, did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Verse 35, down to verse 35, Paul asks a question. And then he's going to list seven different obstacles that all of us face from one time or another in our lives. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So here's the list. Seven things we're going to face. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine 
or nakedness or danger or sword? Shall that what, who, what, how, what is going to separate us from the love of Christ? And so Paul lists these seven things which in one form or another, all of us are going to face. Even 2,000 years after Paul writes these words, in some form, all of us are going to face these things. And we're going to have to ask this question, is anything going to separate us from the love of Christ? Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword. Let's go through these. Shall trouble or hardship separate us from the love of Christ? I guarantee you that right now, many of you in this room, many of you watching this broadcast today, many of you are facing some kind of trouble or hardship. It may be self-inflicted. It may be someone else inflicted it. But you're facing, for you, it could be a health issue. And there's tests and there's pokes and prods and you don't know what to do about it. It's a hardship. It's trouble in your life right now. It could be a challenging marriage. It could be that your kid got their permanent tooth knocked out at dodgeball this week. I don't know what it is, but there's trouble, there's hardship in your life. Shall those things separate you from the love of Christ? He says, what about persecution? Can I be honest with you, Americans? Yeah, we're all Americans, are we? We don't really know what persecution is in our culture. We think we do, but really sometimes we're just inconvenienced because we follow Jesus or maybe someone pokes fun of us but that's not really persecution but if you ever do face real persecution like our brothers and sisters in places like India and China Japan the Middle East do real persecution it's good to know that this promise is here in Romans 8 shall persecution separate you from the love of Christ he goes on to say how about famine or nakedness now chances are no one here this morning is hungry. I mean, you might be a little hungry because the lunch is coming soon, but you're not starving. You're not worried about where your next meal is going on. And I'm glad to say, as I look around the room, I'm glad to say no one here is naked. That's good. Yeah, we all have clothes on. The only one who might be naked might be one of you watching on the broadcast online right now. So let me just stop for a minute and say to you, if you are naked and you're watching this broadcast, A, I don't want to know about it, and B, you need some clothes and you need Jesus. All right. <laughs> Thus saith the Lord. Here we go. All right. You may be saying, okay, I'm not facing famine or nakedness, but for you and your world, this could represent some sort of financial hardship. Economy's kind of weird right now. There's just more month left than at the end of the money, right? I mean, how are we going to overcome this? We're going to have to file for bankruptcy, and you're battling that. Shall that separate you from the love of Christ? Paul said, nope. He goes on to say, shall, shall danger or sword? Let me just say again, there are Christians worshiping today, today around the world, that if they go public with their faith, like you are doing by sitting in a public space like you are doing right now, if you go public with your faith in some of these places, your life is in danger. We need to acknowledge that. We need to be aware that we have brothers and sisters who risk everything to worship our God. In our country, that doesn't happen very often at all. So danger or sword might, for you, might represent a physical hardship. It could be a doctor's report. It could be a chronic pain. It could be an accident that you're recovering from. And Paul asked the, asked the question, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And he answers that question in verse 37 emphatically. And he says, no, uh-uh. Nada. It's not happening. Here's what he says, verse 37. No, in all these things, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. In all these things, what, who, me? Who, 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 are, who am I in Christ? 
Everybody help me out. Let's read this last part out loud with me. It says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It's not in our own strength. It's not in our own power, but it is through the power of the risen Jesus. Those of you who are followers of Jesus, those of you who have said yes to Jesus, you put your faith and your hope and your trust in him. Let me tell you who you are. You are more than a conqueror. Say this with me. The next, next slide. Say, say this out loud with me. Through the power of the risen Christ, I am more than a conqueror. Let's say it again. Let's say it like we mean it and like we believe it. Through the power of the risen Christ, I am more than a conqueror. In Greek, that's the, the ancient language of the New Testament. Most of the New Testament was written in this ancient language of Greek. The word that's translated throughout the New Testament as the word conqueror or winner or victor is the word nikao, nikao. And that word means to win. It means to win. It means to be victorious. The word nikao. That's the word that's used all throughout the New Testament to describe victory, to describe winning. Here's the problem. In this passage we just read, the word that's translated you are more than a conqueror is not the word nikao. It's kind of weird that that's not the word that Paul uses. He uses a different word. The word he uses here is hyper nikao. He adds an adjective to the front of it, hyper nikao. Hyper, hyper means exceedingly more. And Paul is saying you are more than just a winner. You are more than just victorious. That through the power of the risen Christ, you are hyper nikao. Here's the definition of what that means. What does hypernikao mean? If you're taking notes, it means to vanquish beyond recognition. Not just win, but vanquish beyond recognition. That is, that's cocky. That's confident. That is powerful. It means to gain a decisive victory. It means exceedingly more than just a conqueror. Can I tell you that with Christ, through the power of the risen Christ, you are hypernikao. You are not just going to eke by a little victory like some of our local football teams did this weekend. You're not just going to eke out a little victory. You are going to demolish the opponent. I'm trying to come up with, with a way for us to understand the impact of this word. And so I began thinking about scenes from movies. Some of our favorite movies where there's victory, where there's celebration, where someone is a conqueror. And so the first movie I thought about was Star Wars. And the scene at the end of Star Wars where the Death Star is blowing up, and that's a great conquering moment. But it's not hypernikao. Why not? Well, because they didn't demolish the enemy. They just blew up the Death Star. There's still, you know, episode 7 and 8 and 9 and 10 and 37 and 30. There's, there's more, right? Well, what about Rocky Balboa fighting Apollo Creed? He's getting the snot beat out of him for, for nine rounds, and he comes to the, to the corner, and the trainer's, boom, boom, what are you doing? Boom, boom, what are you doing? Strategy. I'm wearing him out. I'm wearing him out, Mick. I'm wearing him out. And then the last round, he comes back out, and he, boom, he wins the fight, and his face is pummeled, and his eyes are all puffy. He's got brain damage. He's like, yo, Adrian. You remember the movie, right? If, if, okay, listen, that's not you. That's not hyper Nakao. That's not what I'm talking about. Let me give you, the, let me give you the, the picture. Do you know the film The Sandlot? This is my favorite film. This is my favorite film, The Sandlot. Let me just real brief set the scene for you. It's this group of nine boys. They play baseball in a sandlot. They've got dirty jeans and high-top tennis shoes and ripped-up clothes, and it's a, not a real field. They just play this love, love playing the game of baseball. And in one of the most defining moments of the movie, the rich kids show up on their bikes 
with their uniforms, and they start talking smack, and you throw, you, you play ball like a girl is the, the key moment, and everybody's mad, and double dog dares, and all these things, so they decide to have a game between the Sandlot kids and the Little League kids, and the Little League kids said, we're not playing on Sandlot, we play on a real field, so they go to the real field, and they play ball. And the line in the movie is, we didn't just beat those guys, the Sandlot guys. We didn't just beat those guys. We kicked the crap out of them. And you never see these guys again for the next hour and a half of the movie. They are, it's hyper Nikao. They are more than victorious. They took them down. They took them out. They showed them their place. That's the picture. That's a better picture of hyper Nikao. What I'm talking about is the God kind of victory where he vanquishes the opponent, the opposition beyond recognition. We're talking about the Egyptians uh, following the Israelites and God. Uh, the Israelites are escaping Egypt, and, and the Egyptian army's on their tail. They're, they're, they're finally free from, 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 from centuries of slavery. They're escaping, they're leaving, and they come to the, Dead sea, uh, to the Red Sea. And they're stuck. The sea's in front of them. The Egyptian army is closing in behind them. And God says, poof! And the walls of water part so the, so the Israelites' people can cross on dry land. And here come the Egyptians right into the, the, the bed of the sea that's now dry. And God says, poof! And the water washes over them and wipes out the entire Egyptian army. We're talking total victory. We're talking about this amazing moment uh, in the story of Gideon from the book of Judges. When God says, Gideon, you need to take on the Midianites, the enemy of your people, you need to take them on. And Gideon says, no, I'm too afraid. I'm not a general. And God says, no, you are a mighty warrior. You don't believe it yet, but you are. And so Gideon reluctantly says, okay, God, I'll do it. But God, I've only got, I've only got 32,000 men. And that's a big Midianite army over there. And God says, 32,000, huh? That's too many. Let me whittle that down a little bit. That's too many for me to get the glory. And God shaves the, the Israelite army down to 300. And God says, now go. Take your weapons. Take your trumpets, your horns. And take your water pitchers. And on my command, toot your horn and break your water pitcher. And they do that. And it disrupts the, the enemy army so much that they turn on each other and wipe themselves out and God gets the glory. That is hyper nikao. That's who you are in Christ. You are more than victorious. You are hyper nikao. Now, now what I'm saying is that you're never going to have a, that you're not never going to have a hard time in life. Life's hard. Life is hard. Troubles will come. Hardships will come. I'm not saying that life's going to be just a bed of roses once you give your life to Jesus. I wish it was that easy. It's not. Life still stinks sometimes. Matter of fact, Jesus said this in John 16. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, this is, this is a word from Jesus, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Because I have overcome the world. Now, I know the pushback I'm going to get from you, what you're thinking right now. Who, me? No, no, no. Not me. I'm, I'm just an ordinary Christian. I'm not special like that. I'm not more than a, I'm not hyper nikao. I'm just an ordinary Christian. Can I tell you this? Listen to me, this is important. 
There is no such thing as an ordinary Christian. You are spirit-filled. You are more than a conqueror. Revelation 12, which talks about how the end-time believers would overcome the forces of wicked, says this, and they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. So notice this. You are more than a conqueror by the blood of the Lamb. What is that? That's gross, right? The blood of the Lamb. The Lamb of God was Jesus. Jesus shed his blood through the power of the blood. Scripture says our sins are forgiven. Through the power of the blood, Scripture says that we have access to the throne room of God. We are allowed in in before God's throne because of the blood. By the power of the blood, the shed blood says that we are redeemed from an empty way of life, that we can have life abundant, life to the full. You, You, because of what Jesus did with his blood, you are more than a conqueror. And you are more than a conqueror by the words of your testimony. What's that? That's your story. That's your story of who God is and what God has done. The Old Testament tells us a story that one day this little teenage boy named David had been tending his sheep, minding his own business, took some stuff to his brothers who were fighting a battle. And the little shepherd boy, David, walks up to to the king, King Saul. And all of King Saul's army is afraid of one guy on the other side. This guy named Goliath, this giant. And the little shepherd boy says to King Saul, I'll fight him. I don't care. I'll fight him. And King Saul Saul says, that's cute. Go home. Go back and play with your sheep. That's cute, little boy. No. And he said, no, no, you don't understand, king. David said, whenever a lion attacked my sheep, my God delivered the lion into my hands and I killed him. Whenever a bear came and attacked my sheep, my God delivered the bear into my hand. And the same God who delivered them into my hands will deliver that giant Philistine into my hands. You think he's too big to beat. I think he's too big to miss. Somebody give me a rock for my slingshot. More than a conqueror. That's who you are. By the blood of the Lamb, not by your own strength, by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of your testimony. Listen, you've got to internalize this. You've got to own this truth about who you are as a follower of Jesus. This is not, oh, someday I'm going to become this. Maybe I can get there one day. This is, no, 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 this is right now. Presently. Today. This is who God says you are. There's a giant that no no one else thinks that you can beat. And maybe not even you, but you can with the power of the risen Christ. Because when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And you need to believe who God says you are. You are hyper Nikao. You are more than a conqueror. And because I am more than a conqueror, I'm not going to let what anybody else says about me, what anybody else thinks about me, What anybody else did to me stopped me from doing what God has called me to do because I am more than a conqueror, not in my own strength, but because of the blood of the Lamb and by the words of my testimony. All right. I can can see it in your eyes. I I can see it in your eyes. You're just kind of sitting there thinking, all right, that's fine and dandy for you, preacher boy. But you're a pastor, Larry. You're a pastor. You don't have any regular problems like the rest of us do. You're, you're right. 
Uh, I mean, honestly, you're right. I don't. I, I don't have regular problems like you. When you become a pastor, it's kind of freaky what happens. I mean, I'm, I'll be honest with you, it's kind of freaky. Not only do you glow in the dark, but I mean, regular problems, they just don't show up in your life. You, you don't have them. I used to, know, I, I, I used to, like all you little people, I used to, when I'd go up to a red light, it would turn red and I'd have to stop my car. Not anymore. No, I pull up to a red light. Before I get there, boom, light screen. There's never traffic in my way. Right through. It's fantastic. I just go straight through. No problem. And my children, oh, my children, they always obey me. They always do exactly what they're supposed to do. I just give them the holy look, and they say, oh, yes, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Yes, Daddy. Yes, Daddy. And they always obey. And it's, this, this is so powerful. It overflows to my wife, Megan. I mean, she just gets close, gets close to me. She doesn't have to cook. All of a sudden, boom, there's a, a big, beautiful meal on the table ready to go, and the house is spotless, looks like it's on HGTV, just instantly. It's awesome. It's awesome not to have any regular problems like you little people. Here's what Scripture says. Plain and simple. You may have all sorts of hardship, but 2 Corinthians 4 says, but we have this treasure. What's the treasure? The treasure is Christ Where's the treasure? We have this treasure in jars of clay. What's the jar of clay? That's a metaphor. That's, a, that's imagery for your body, for who you are. That's our body. We'll learn next week. Be back next week. We're going to learn next week that God says you're a masterpiece, that, you, that God is the potter, we're the clay. We'll, learn, we'll talk about that next week. We have this treasure, Christ, in jars of clay, our body. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. Next slide. Read the, read the, uh, the underlined parts with, out loud for me, will you? It says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And because of the blood of the Lamb, you, yeah, you. You are more than a conqueror. Would you bow your heads with me? If our communion team will go ahead and take their places and get ready to serve communion to us at this time. I'm just going to pray for a moment. I'm going to let you, uh, I'm going to start the prayer and let you finish. And you just sit there quietly for just a second with your, with your eyes closed, your head bowed. And in this moment, just in this moment between you and God, you know that there is something. There's an obstacle there's a wall. There's a hardship. There's, there's an addiction. There's a broken relationship. There's a challenge. There, there's a hurdle. There is something that is blocking you, something that is overwhelming you, something that just seems like it's too much. And today, I want you to ask for God's help to claim this promise that you are more than a conqueror. You can and you will. It doesn't mean you won't have trouble. It means you'll conquer the trouble. You, pray, you start the prayer, I'll finish it. Father, this morning as we're praying, we are offering these prayers, these confessions, these acknowledgments of the obstacles in our life, the troubles, the addictions, the challenges that we all face. And, oh, some may seem insurmountable, some may even seem petty, but they're, they're still there, they're in our way. But Father, this morning we pray that your spirit 
would plant this truth deep in our hearts. God, I pray that we would be more than conquerors by the blood of the Lamb. And so we come to our time of communion now to celebrate the blood of that Lamb, the blood and the body of Jesus broken and spilled out for us on the cross. Father, we celebrate who Jesus is, what he did, your grace and mercy and your power that is alive within us because of the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus that we celebrate with communion. So as we eat and drink these emblems, would you remind us that your power lives in us. The power of the resurrection, the power that removes sin, it lives in us. And we are more than conquerors. We pray in the name of Jesus.